Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today's episode is a short episode that is really just being improvised right now by me from something that I was journaling about this morning and thinking about a lot lately and some things that have come up in my meetings with clients. So before we get into that, I just want to speak to my intentions around this show and what there is to expect. Um, I haven't put out an episode the last two weeks. The last two weeks have been really busy Um, for many good reasons. I've been getting a lot more client interest and new clients, and I put a lot of priority and intention to my clients, uh, among other life things. So sometimes that is the case. I am learning how to accept that and also learning how I can show up consistently in this platform. And I intend to release one episode every week on Tuesdays. And so that is something to look forward to in the near future as I get this show and this platform more familiar to me and get this whole thing rolling a little bit more smoothly. I've been working on some longer episodes that are really juicy and deep all about the gut-brain connection, how our digestion affects our mental health and vice versa, about the nervous system, about trauma. And these are such big, important foundational topics, so it takes a lot of time to really sort through all the information and research that I know and really condense it down into a nice little episode for you all. So just wanted to pop in with something short today so I'm not completely absent from here for too long and let you know what to expect coming up in the future and what to expect in some of the upcoming episodes. You know, starting a podcast, starting a business is such an amazing, interesting journey that I'm on and I am just learning every day about how to make everything work better for me and be realistic and still show up and support those who listen and who follow me and who are interested in this information and this work. So thank you for being here. I'm really excited to make this become a really consistent source of information, inspiration for you all. So today I wanted to just reflect on a pattern um, and patterns in general, but a pattern that I noticed within myself. And if you listen to my first episode where I talked a bit about my story, I spoke to this pattern of being very like go, go, go and do, do, do. And 
being pretty like obsessed with my to-do list, feeling like I just wanted to check things off throughout the day and that that gave me a lot of satisfaction to do so and that it is such an easy pattern for me to do one thing after another after another in my day and I if I'm not doing that it's really challenging for me I can feel like I'm I'm not doing enough or I'm not accomplishing enough and I kind of equate like how much I get accomplished with how well the day went um, or how satisfied I feel. And I'm moving out of that pattern a bit because I'm finding a lot of value in not accomplishing and in resting, but that is a pattern that uh, I developed. I know in high school as a teenager when I was just doing so much, I remember times of just that anxiety kind of fueled like, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And so it's something I still deal with because patterns don't just disappear once we're aware of them or once we start working on them. And this is something that I am working a lot with my clients on. So when I meet with clients, we are often spending that initial consultation talking about their history. So of course, this is going to be about their health history their symptoms, their digestive issues, their mental health struggles, and anything else that might be going on in their physical body that is usually the reason that they're coming to see me. But we're also going a little bit deeper. I'm trying to find out when these patterns actually begin, if they began in their childhood, which is most common, if they began with their relationship with their parents, if it was something that their parents may have passed down to them or that was passed down through inherited family trauma or inherited family chronic stress patterns. And this is where we're also kind of noticing how the nervous system response is for them. What kind of patterns does this client's nervous system response take? And how far back can we track that? And what may have contributed to that nervous system response that's now created this pattern? Because that nervous system response is directly affecting these symptoms, these chronic symptoms, and vice versa. Now they're kind of impacting each other. So it's all about kind of noticing these patterns. And so for me, the pattern of being go, 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 and do, 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 and being up in my mind and filling every moment of my day is a super common pattern for me. And that is me being in my more sympathetic nervous system state. That's the fight or flight. That's that ready for action, kind of more hyper aroused. You might feel a little bit more anxiety. You're just kind of like, go, go, go. And honestly, that is such a common state for our modern world to be in. Our modern society is in a sympathetic overactivation, right? We're kind of expected to do this, do that, do this, do that. Emails, phone calls, messages, meetings, kids, this, that, go from here, go from there. And so it's no wonder that people are in this state all day being overactivated and by the time they get home, they just drop and shut down. They're just exhausted. They just want to like be numb and tune out and disassociate with alcohol, with weed, with food, with television. Sometimes it might be an experience where both are feeling super active and this is what I've been feeling lately 
where I'm having this sympathetic overdrive of like, I need to get these things done. There are certain things we need to meet throughout the day. It's not bad to be in sympathetic. We need that. We need sympathetic to, you know, keep ourselves safe. If a car was barreling down the road at you, you don't want to be like in your ventral vagal chilled out state like, oh, okay, no problem. I'll move. You need to activate. If someone is trying to punch you, you need to move out of the way. You know, if you work at a hospital and you're in surgery, like you need to have that like super hyper aware, ready for action state. It's important, but it can be hard to come out of that, especially when that's been a chronic state for us that we're so used to being in. And so sometimes we're having to be in our more sympathetic because life is requiring that of us. You know, there's there's tasks that need to get done. There's things that need to be attended to. There's work things. There's things with kids. There's things with partners, whatever it may be. And at the same time, you can be experiencing that that state that is the more like freeze, the dorsal vagal. That's the state where you might feel a little bit more numb, tired, disassociated, depressed. And it's like your body is like, okay, you need to get this done. Like you need to like accomplish these things today. And then at the same time, it's going, I'm so exhausted though. Like I can't even think I have brain fog. I just need to lay down. I need to rest, but no, I need to get this done. And sometimes for me, I can be in that space where I am so tired. I don't have the focus and energy to meet these things that I need to attend to. Or I I do what I need to do and then in the other space, once that's done, I'm just so exhausted. And sometimes that looks like me still trying to do. And it's a lot of busy work that's really not a priority. It's because it's like this pattern like, oh, I just need to keep doing things and getting things done. So that's like one aspect of what one might experience. And I'm curious if that's something that resonates for you. Another part of this pattern is that sometimes once things do slow down, it can feel uncomfortable. Like there's an addiction to the busyness, to the doing, to the go, go, go. And I noticed this in myself last week. I had a really busy like front end of the week And then things slowed down. And on Friday, it was like, oh, I have some space. And it was almost this compulsive like, well, maybe I should um, try to schedule this meeting or, or meet up with this, like feeling like, well, now that I have space, maybe I should, you know, fill it with these other things that need to be done instead of going into, oh, I have space. I have space to just be and rest and relax because you know what? That is still so uncomfortable for me. As much as I know that it's important, that I need it, that it keeps me completely balanced, that it helps me do better in those times that I'm busy and and need to meet things head on and attend to things, it can still be so difficult to totally rest into that space. There's like an addiction to the busyness, like an addiction to the go, go, go. And sometimes in that space, like feelings of loneliness come up. Sometimes there's 
this feeling of like depression, feeling of complete exhaustion. It's like because I haven't allowed myself to drop out of that sympathetic enough through the other times of the day or the week, I finally get to the point where I am having the space and now that I'm not in the go, go, go loop and I'm having this like restful time, suddenly it all hits me and that's where like burnout comes, the complete exhaustion, the brain fog, and sometimes emotions, like just feeling apathetic, feeling kind of helpless, feeling depressed, just like not really wanting to do anything, really lacking motivation, lacking focus. And there's a reason for this, and it lies in nervous system responses. So this is being in that sympathetic drive, maybe not being able to deactivate that into our social engagement ventral vagal state. And instead, I get too overactivated in the sympathetic that then I crash into a more of a free state where I just feel totally exhausted and all those other feelings come up sometimes too being in a sympathetic state was a way that we learned to protect ourselves I don't fully understand this about me but I can see how I was always an obsessive thinker when I was a kid and I really loved imagination I played a lot of imaginary games I really loved going into my mind and I think it was a way that I made myself feel safe And that might have been because my environment at home didn't feel safe. Maybe because I wasn't able to attune to my dad at times because of his addiction. Um, Potentially not attuning to my mom at times because, you know, sometimes that just wasn't available between parents and kids. That can be really common for a lot of people to experience as children. Um, maybe things that I witnessed in my parents fighting that made me feel unsafe and things that I'm starting to learn that I carry that are not necessarily my own, like my mother's trauma or my father's trauma or the trauma from my grandparents. So whatever it is, as I'm still uncovering this, it was a way I kept myself safe is to go into that sympathetic state of just like, well, I'm just going to like imagine and play and do And it was just kind of something that I learned and that was kind of modeled to me from my parents, both like super busy, always out like playing sports, gone every weekend for sport tournaments or um, going to parties. And it just kind of became the norm. I played a lot of sports as a kid. I always like was doing things and I just kind of kept that pattern going until I was in high school and, and then I chose to do that for myself. And so it was a way to protect myself from whatever it was, maybe something, uh, an emotion I didn't want to face, you know, a feeling within me I didn't want to face. And even though I've done so much work around that, now that's still a pattern that's there. And that's what I really want to emphasize here is that we need to have a lot of patience and self-compassion with ourselves around these patterns because they're so deeply ingrained and they most often go beyond us. They're most often passed down from our families. So having just that like, huh, okay, I see this pattern coming up. Okay, 
That's fine. You know, maybe it's your inner child that needs to be spoken to in that moment. Maybe there's something that you can do for your adult self in that moment that's going to be most soothing. So this is a reminder to just be gentle with yourself around your patterns. And if you happen to have similar patterns to me where not doing can feel uncomfortable or not being busy can feel uncomfortable, where just like truly resting and relaxing might feel unsafe or really hard to do, that's okay. That's okay. It makes a lot of sense. It's likely a response in your nervous system and there are ways to sink out of that and really begin to enjoy the slowness. I'm curious if you do experience this, if you can share with me any resonance um, about having that feeling of burning out and crashing or having that feeling of like, I need to get this done, but I can't, I'm so exhausted. And being in that kind of middle state of busyness where you're not really granting yourself true rest because you're still trying to get things done but your energy's not fully there so you're not truly able to be present and attend to those things. So this is something I'll be diving into deeper into a later episode around trauma and adverse early life experiences but just to give a little bit of context since I'm speaking to patterns that are often developed early on in our life. This is because in our more modern, westernized world, a lot of our threats, a lot of the threats to our system were ones of something that was absent, that didn't happen, and that often begins with our caregivers. We need our caregivers to be attuned to us and empathetic and giving us attention and presence that is not stressed and unfortunately in our modern world that is something that can be very rare Um, our industrialized societies don't really allow for most caregivers to be able to be completely attuned with full unstressed attention to their children. If we didn't get that level of care and attunement and attention as a child, as an infant, it's going to affect parts of our nervous system and our brain that is responsible for our healthy social engagement and the way that we respond to threats and this can still happen even if parents are present and loving but they are themselves stressed out or emotionally unavailable or are in survival mode and the baby's nervous system is going to perceive that as a threat because the baby doesn't have the cognitive functioning and understanding to see what's actually happening or to understand that that parent is under work stress or whatever it may be. 
So often this can be a result of a certain pattern in our nervous system that was developed, which therefore develops our chronic health symptoms that we are experiencing, especially in the gut brain. And this is also going to be uh, affected by what may have been passed down from our parents, um, from our grandparents, from either side of the family, whether those are chronic stress patterns or those are certain traumas, that is also going to impact us. So again, coming back to understanding how deeply ingrained all of this can be and having more compassion for how we might respond to things in our lives, how we might be triggered by certain things, get overwhelmed, get anxious, shut down and dissociate. So when I remind myself of this, I can see how that pattern of being go, 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 being in more of my sympathetic overdrive has been passed down to me. I see that demonstrated in both my parents and in um, other members of the family. And I see that demonstrated in the environment that I grew up in. So this is a place to just start being curious about in your own life and understanding maybe your parents and how they were when you were a child and maybe a bit about their childhood. And this is something that I walk through with my clients and start creating a timeline around so that we can really clearly see these patterns and begin to really work with the body and nervous system around them. Another example of a pattern I've learned about more recently is what I call the father wound. And it might be kind of obvious from my story why I have a father wound of um, a father who couldn't be emotionally present even if he was physically there because he was dealing with an addiction. And it was a confusing space because he was um, fun. He took us out to do things. You know, he was overall very loving, but there was a lack of empathy, um, of complete like emotional connectivity and an attunement in a way that I needed as a kid. And of course, then I couldn't understand that as I do now. And so my inner child is still so sensitive to that feeling of not really having that father attunement and emotional connection and ultimately feeling disappointed. And I notice how that's played out in my adult relationships with men where I just feel kind of disappointed and it's really not about them or what they do, but it's this underlying subconscious feeling that I've only become aware of recently and in the past I think it led me to seek out partners who were more avoidant and maybe played out some of those similar feelings that I had with my father so this makes a lot of sense and I'm like okay and it's something that I navigate a lot right now in relationship that can be really challenging for me but once I started to really reflect back on both my parents and grandparents on both sides, I started to see that everybody has a father wound. 
everybody had a father wound of some sort of where it wasn't the type of relationship that they truly desired. And once I understood that, I could see, wow, that is generations of a father wound that's continued to be passed down. That's a lot to work with. No wonder it's so hard for me sometimes to move past this. It's so deeply ingrained. And with that understanding, I have a lot more compassion for myself and patience for myself. And I also realize that I can heal that. You know, that I'm already healing that by choosing to work with this stuff in partnership and within myself. So that's another example of seeing these patterns and they show up in different ways, right? Often we'll see them in relationship. Um, We'll see them in our response to stress. We'll see them maybe in our work or how we feel about our life and our ability to go for our goals or dreams or live the way that we want to or when we feel stuck. So understanding these patterns is such a beautiful tool And of course, awareness is only one step. And this is where we bring that awareness in and understanding. And then we can begin to do deeper work in the body and in the nervous system. Because even if we're cognitively aware that, okay, this is a pattern. This was developed when I was this age. And like, I understand why. Okay, maybe just stop doing that. It doesn't really work that way, right? Our body needs to feel that can't just tell our body to stop. Our body needs to feel that because our body is still feeling that it's under that threat. Or it's utilizing this pattern to help us try to get what we need. So that's a little bit about patterns. If this is something that's resonating with you, this is what I do with my one-on-one clients. It's, like I said, a big part of the initial consultation. And then we begin to work through this in um, the body and in the nervous system, as well as supporting whatever clients need with their gut brain health, because it's all connected. So before I wrap this up, I just wanted to come back to what I was originally talking about, this pattern of being in the sympathetic state. And I want to bring up the thought around high-functioning anxiety. So if you are similar to me and you experience being more in your sympathetic, go, 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 do, 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 more anxious state, and you might experience that you hit a point where you're just feeling so exhausted and maybe you're saying, I need to get this done, but I'm, I'm so exhausted, I can't. Or maybe underneath all of that doing, there's this level of burnout and exhaustion. Or when you come to slowing down and spaciousness, then you're hit with that exhaustion and low motivation and brain fog. Or maybe you feel a lot of discomfort around slowing down and resting. Maybe it feels scary. It feels unsafe. It might feel lonely. It might bring up feelings of depression, it might bring up other emotions, then I'm going to give you a couple suggestions here. If, first of all, if you are a person who feels unsafe, uncomfortable, 
when you do slow down, then forcing yourself to just chill when you're feeling activated may not work and it can make things worse. So if you sense that in yourself, if you feel like you're unable to truly rest, then it's important to tune into the body in that moment, try to drop out of the head and into the body and see if there's any emotion behind it, if there's any need behind it. So you can do this by just kind of grounding yourself in, whether you want to stand or sit and just kind of feeling where you're grounded into the floor. And you might just start by noticing what's around you in your space. You could look for all the different colors and shapes in your space. You might even be able to smell different things in your space or notice all the sounds that you can hear or if there's things that you can touch, feel the different textures. It's really just going to help bring you into your body and into your space in a really easeful way where your mind doesn't even really realize what's happening. And once you do that, you can just kind of scan your body and tune in to any sensations that are coming up. Like you might feel anxiety in your chest, right? You might feel that you're fidgeting in a place. You might feel this like urge to just like move somehow. Maybe your jaw feels really tense and as you focus on that space, suddenly you feel like you need to yell, And often there might be an emotion behind this that needs to be mobilized. And so if you just force yourself to like go into meditation or lay down in Shavasana, that's not really going to give you what you need when really you need to like yell or punch a pillow or cry or like move your body in a way. Um, And this can be really hard to figure out on your own. And this is where working with a practitioner is really helpful for understanding your personal responses. So I want to speak to that first. And that is a practice that is helpful for everybody, no matter if they are comfortable slowing down, if they just need help coming into the present moment and slowing down, that can be a really great practice. Some other ways that might be helpful to really bring yourself into a more calm state in your nervous system is something active like breath work. Maybe not so much like a hyperventilating breath work, really fast pace. Uh, You might need to do more deep belly breathing if you're feeling more hyper aroused and anxious. And that can help shift the body into a more calm state while still being kind of active and letting things move move through. Um, Another kind of active thing is to go for a walk in nature and kind of orient when you're out there. Again, take in notice of everything that you can see, smell, hear, touch. Uh, I love utilizing yin or restorative yoga it is such a nourishing way to help calm the nervous system and be in the body and sometimes i feel like if you're in burnout and just feeling completely exhausted it can actually be a great way to bring a little more energy into the body 
And that's a yoga where you're holding poses for a while and it's moving really, really slow, but you are really attending to that slowness that your system is craving and that can be the answer that helps you move out of some of that exhaustion. Um, A favorite thing I do too is just lying on the floor. If you feel like that is not going to be more activating for you, just lying on the floor can be extremely nourishing and I also like to utilize a foam roller under my spine um, and and roll out my spine and put it under my lumbar for a while or under my mid-back and I notice that there's always a lot of things moving in my digestive system when I do that and I can just feel how it is shifting my nervous system state and directly impacting my digestion. There's a lot of gurgling and burping and gas so I'm always curious if other people experience that because it's a really powerful tool for me. Um, And I'd like to create some uh, guided practices around that. And then you might have other things that you really like as resources, right? So singing um, or humming or if you like chanting or playing music or putting on music that feels supportive and maybe dancing to it, just kind of freeform movement like really a good way to get into the body and artistic creative things whether that's like painting and drawing sewing crocheting knitting even cooking or baking something that engages that creative side of you where you get to just create something and pour your energy into that can be a really soothing activity So of course, these are just some of the resources that you can utilize, but I wanted to share a couple of my favorites and ones that I know work well for my clients. And you probably have your own in your toolkit that you can utilize in these times. So I've spoken to things here around the nervous system and its states. And if you aren't familiar with those things and you have a little bit of confusion, I would encourage you to go and download my free guide. The link is in the show notes and I just walk you through a bit more about the autonomic nervous system, two of its main branches, how it impacts us and especially how it impacts our digestive health and our mental health. And um, I will be putting out a podcast episode that goes more into the nervous system, explaining the other states of the nervous system and how they operate. So even if you have read this guide, be sure to tune into that episode because I'm going to take you a lot deeper and expand on a lot of what we've talked about here today. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you. And as always, please feel to reach out to me with any questions. If you're interested in seeing how this kind of work might support you, you can book a discovery call with me. That link is also in the show notes. And thank you for being here. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.